This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Lloyd Griffith, Kevin and Joanne Clifton, Young's Mariner's Pie, Young's Admiral's Pie, Young's Fisherman's Pie, Young's Ocean Pie and whatever else the shop near me had during my university years. JR does this way better than I ever will. But here we go then, the presser for Grimsby Town Home. I'm joined as ever by Joe Acklam of The Advertiser. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. Did you have a nice uh, time off? I did have a nice uh, time off. I went to, as I do every year, I went to beer and I turned 40 and, oh, it's been quite a journey ever since. Yeah, I imagine so. But bit of time out from the Swindon sphere which is always I think best for all of our health mm, yeah yeah I, I don't think anyone could ever truly leave the Swindon sphere but I, I got close and I was very relaxed listening to the Morecambe game uh, from beer a couple bits from that intro I was lazy I just started listing things from Grimsby I was going to include the awful Sasha Baron Cohen vehicle Grimsby but it turns out that was largely filmed in Essex uh, so uh, they've simply been tainted by terrible cinema. But what was the the microwavable meal during your university years? Oof, um, I don't really know. I, to be honest, that's not really what I did. I just sort of cooked um, fish cakes mostly, I think, which probably were also Grimsby Link. Is this oven or are you doing your own in a nice little like breadcrumb? 
and all that. Oh, absolutely not. This is, this is Aldi straight in the oven type batches. I will not shy away from the amount of microwavable meals I had back in the day, all from the Young's family, if the microwavable uh, chicken burgers weren't... How did I survive university? It is, it is somewhat a miracle. You mm. kind of sound like the person who once asked me, will you get ill if you don't have a vegetable for three months? <laughs> that's, that's the kind of picture I'm getting from you, to be mm. honest. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably fair. Tell me, just out of interest... Can you get ill if you don't eat a vegetable for three months? I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any specific disease that you'll catch, but it's definitely not a positive. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been a big week for university nostalgia for me, Joe. Um, I, for the first time in over a decade, checked what my student debt was, and it's four grand higher than my actual loan. How did this happen? It's a... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, being even that close is, is probably de- decent going in terms of everything going on but that is yeah <laughs> that's a bit of a sobering thought isn't it it was an awful moment it was an awful moment but yeah uh, speaking of awful moments wi-fi issues again what's going on if bevers were okay mm. yeah the the party's lot were back in so uh, off to changing room two at uh at the Beversbrook sports complex and uh i didn't even put up a pretense i was very open from the start of this this Check back in an hour, lads. I'll start it now, but there's no hope of it actually going on on time. So it was very much, I'll just go stand in the lobby afterwards. It'll be fine. Too busy looking for negativity than to find good Wi-Fi. That's your problem. Yeah, that's, that's all I ever do, really, is just <laughs> frantically Google the word negative and then see what, see what I can bring from it into yeah. Michael Flynn's. Uh, lovely garden of joy that he usually walks through until I'm there. Indeed, indeed. Okay, well, it, it feels like I've not done this for ages. Uh, that intro is probably testament to that. But last time round, we're still unbeaten. Joe, that's good. 2-2 at Morecambe, lead surrendered, 10 men. Uh, it felt like a loss. I, I listened to you and JR do a splendid job, and then JR and Max do a splendid job afterwards. Thank you to everyone involved in that. I didn't you know stop listening after Morecambe feeling any particular annoyances I think it's probably fair to say they were points firmly dropped but we don't look like losing and that, that's a good thing isn't it yeah I mean I wouldn't say that around Derek Adams I've, I'm not totally certain what game he'd watched at the time but uh, his quotes I think uh, I don't know if him and Michael Flynn had a chat after the game but I think that would have been an interesting one uh, based on the, the match that they apparently both watched but yeah, it was it was firmly in the points dropped column rather than point gained. It's, it's a little bit frustrating to not be able to take all three points against ten men on the road again. But look at me being negative once more. But I mean, there there was a lot of good football played. Frankly, it should have been about five one by the time Morecambe actually went and got their equaliser. So you know, there there is a degree of annoyance that we've not won the game. But again, as you I say, I think basically the only game we've looked in danger of losing at any point this season is Forest Green which is pretty good testament to the way things are going so far. Certainly does seem that way, doesn't it? Well, it's another home game, Grimsby Town coming. And this presser was a back to sort of the a month or so ago where there's not a huge amount of Grimsby chat, but we'll do our best. Let's there's, there's, there's talk about midweek because there's been a bit of behind closed doors action. Yeah, we get a huge indication as to uh, the opponent, what actually happened, if anyone played well. But there was a behind-closed-doors friendly this week. Uh, Mike Flynn was very keen to point out that it's much better than training. So a lot of the fringe players could 
were allowed to get a run out uh, based on some other answers. I, I would I would hazard a guess that potentially Tyree Shade didn't have the best of times in that game, possibly. But um, yeah, they got to have Rout, a couple of uh, tri- uh, trialists who have been in, uh, got to play in that game as they're currently still looking at a, f- a few players. So yeah, there's there's not a whole lot of detail around what what happened in this game, but we just know that one game existed at one point. You've you've mentioned it, and I think this is probably as good a time to do it. But he he kind of went in two footed on Tyree Shade. It may not have been the worst tone in the world, but the words they cut deep. It kind of mocked him as well. Yeah, so coming back to to transcribe afterwards, you're like. This is really cutting to the core because he spoke about Tyree Shade after the Melksham game, and it was similar work. It was kind of similar, but he definitely went further here. So clearly, he wasn't best pleased with the way he played at Morecambe. And actually, I kind of felt that Tyree Shade was taking a bit of an upturn and had a had a good couple of uh, low, uh, substitute performances in the previous weeks. But yeah, it's, um, Michael Flynn. I think the the cho- well the choice quote that wasn't just sort of. Straight, straight up savage was probably the put it this way if if I had his tools I'd be playing in the Premier League and again this isn't really the first time that Michael that Flynn has said that Tyree Shade really should be a Premier League footballer based on his his personal gift so he's he's I don't know if he's uh, what's gone on in training necessarily but it definitely felt like he was looking for some sort of reaction based off of these comments mm, and there were a couple of uh jokes jibes that probably won't make it onto bbc radio wiltshire this weekend <laughs> yeah i think they'll be a little bit left on the cutting floor about um uh, a few quotes about maybe the attitude and various other things that, that tyree shade is is supposedly lacking in flynn's opinion mm. the weirdest part of this is i was actually going into this press conference think about asking a positive question about tyree shade and and uh the the actual up to the um positive developments he'd made so far this season compared to last but uh that question was quite quickly chucked out of the window uh when this when Flynn was giving this answer it has been a cameo season so far for Shea but I completely agree that the stuff that I saw in just nine minutes against Crawley and the I think he had half hour against Sutton 10 minutes or so against Walsall was it was definitely endeavor definite eagerness to impress and you know those who went to Morecambe game and what or watched the Morecambe game from the chateau did cite that it wasn't Shade's greatest moment, um, it, a kind of return to what we saw last year. But come on, it's one game. He, he's 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 not playing very much at the moment. That behind closed doors game, hopefully, was a lot of use to him. But he is one of only two, maybe three players that. Flynn is willing to bring off the bench at the moment. Yeah, he's kind of established himself as part of the cavalry with Hepburn Murphy. That sort of you know, put, set your watch by it, double change that happens midway through the second half every game because you know, Shade has been coming on, whether it's at left wing back or up front or as a number 10 and having a decent impact. He, you know, he did it again at Morecambe. He does the little shift onto the right foot, have a shot at the near post thing. This time drawing a save out of, Stuart, out of uh, Moore. Um, so, you know, it, it does feel like he is having a better impact. He, he wasn't brilliant against Morecambe. I, I felt that you know, he wasn't disastrous or anything like that. He just didn't play particularly well. So I, f- I feel like something else must have gone on for quite such a uh, staunch call-out from, from Flynn in this one. Indeed, indeed. Well, 
again, I reference, you know, I might get my knickers in a twist over behind the scenes issues at Swindon Town or conversations about behind the scenes at Swindon Town. And I might continue to do that in the not too distant future. But I really am trying to just stay positive in terms of the football side of things. You can do both. And I'm just going to be glass half full on shade and hope that it, it was just a, a just a bad day at the very brief office and and go from there. Hey, even Tom Brewitt got man of the match. And, you know, I think they were doing it to get a reaction from me. And there wasn't one because I was happy for him. He's, he's, um, he's become that figure. He's, he's really just, he's axe to grind. I feel like every week someone tells me that Tom Brewitt was our man of the match. And it's like, I mean, he was fine. But there's, there's a lot of people out there who just re- really like the kind of I don't, basic defending sounds a bit harsh, but you know that sort of do your job type defender that Tom Brewer is, and and that that seems to be enough for man of the match more often than I feel like it should in some people's eyes. But uh, Brewer's having a decent season. I'm not trying to you know <laughs> be negative about him in that way, but it just does feel like for some people, <laughs> some people like either getting that reaction or just generally like that type of player, I suppose. This has backfired on me, Joe. It was meant to be pure positivity. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm I'm des- I, I, I'm sorry, Michael, particularly. I, I really am trying. It's, it's just not in my nature. I've been ground down by this club for too long. Yeah, seems that way. Okay, well, we'll move on to injuries. It, it was quite interesting, really, because he talked about injuries and then he was questioned on a player and then mentioned him later as injured, but didn't list them in the injuries. Or did I not hear that right? You heard it absolutely right. And I, I remarked on that to, to Andrew after Flynn had left the room. That he did say that Ben Ward was injured before last game and he was out. And he didn't say he was injured for this game until he was specifically asked about Ben Ward, which just feels a bit odd. But Ben Ward is injured. He's got you know a, a slight thing and won't be available this weekend, I think you know, his uh, not quite Dan Ballard-esque loan spell, but you know it's it's not going particularly well for him so far. Um, this this stint, but yeah, he's a uh, he was left out of the eighteen. You think, oh, is he like he's clearly the nineteenth man based on that? Because we weren't told that he was injured, and in the injury report, we weren't told that he was injured. But he is now the only new injury we've had in quite some time that we know of. Uh, Tom Clayton, though, good news on this front, although. I would possibly prefer if Swindon keep to the same time frames as as being consistent with Clayton's return, but it, it seems like he's ahead of schedule. Yeah, there was there was suggestion he was ahead of schedule, but the kind of countdown has has very accurately gone minus one week to week, which you know often feels like managers maybe forget that. I think Scott Lindsay certainly changed time frames quite a lot, but you know, we're down to two weeks now. It was Four weeks, two weeks ago, and five weeks a week before that. So it does feel like Flint, Clayton is making pretty linear progress. He's you know, people have seen on Instagram, and you know you kind of see him around a bit more often uh, when I'm when I'm at these get uh, these uh, press conferences. That you know Tom Clayton is starting to get more involved on the grass. Flynn said that he was he was holding up pretty well out there. Then you know he's not fully involved yet, and is still. As I say, two weeks away from selection, but he, he is getting closer and closer. So we're we're not far off being able to see him. Yeah, and, and fingers crossed it all goes well. But at this moment in time, they don't need to rush with Tom Clayton. I feel like I've 
Given that the kiss of death. In other squad news, uh, emerging transfer talk is that Connor Brand, third keeper, obviously, uh, he's gone to Supermarine until January. So finally, some competitive games for Connor Brand, and he's going to get plenty of practice at Swindon Supermarine. Yeah, no wins so far this season. They're, they're not doing too great. Conceded three goals in the week. Obviously, got the new manager in now. I was. From things I've seen, seems to be quite possession focused. So maybe that stylistically will be useful for Swindon to get Bran a lower league loan where he can, you know, try and play with his feet a bit more. But yeah, as you as you say, he's, he's going to have a lot of work to do. And as someone who's he's not had an awful lot of work to do for over a year now, that's that might come as a bit of a shock to him. Question before we get into the Grimsby chat about what has pleased. Michael Flynn the most so far this season or with, with his side. Um, what did he say here? Yeah, it's, it's not the 24 goals or the one match off a club unbeaten start to a season uh, record. It's the fact, it's the patterns of play, the the uh, kind of off the ball movement, people creating space, people, you know, people who watch probably more of the extended highlights and the actual highlights will have seen some absolutely unbelievable passing moves that Swindon put together to create chances up at the Mizuma Stadium last weekend. So you know, he's, 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 you can very much see those patterns of play on the pitch. And he's, uh, it does, um, we talk, spoke about it with Jake Young as well, um, in terms of how how much work they put in on those in the training ground. So to be able to really see them on the pitch is, I imagine from a manager's perspective, pretty nice to see. And he backs that up here. How are you feeling about this season so far? And the, re- the reason I ask this, please, do not interpret this as negativity. I sort of think back to this time in, in 2019 in the Welland season uh, where we had a lovely start. Uh, Lloyd Isgrove was in top, top form and all that malarkey. And it just there was just this really lovely feeling within the fan base. And at the moment, it doesn't feel like, despite being unbeaten, it doesn't feel like that that sort of feeling is there yet. Show definite signs during the last home game. I, I, I don't know what what more Swindon can do. Obviously, uh, not drop points <laughs> late on against 10 men will help. But do you see what I'm saying here? It, it, it doesn't have that sort of feeling that something great is going to happen this season, although it absolutely might do. Yeah, I think maybe it's those kind of not fairly apparent holes that we think will get tested in this coming month in October where, yeah. uh, again, we'll, we'll get to it. But you, you can kind of see, with, with the way that the Welland side was playing, there was, there was decent squad depth there and all the all the players were performing at the same time. You're not necessarily envisaging it the wheels coming off. I, I don't think it takes too much of a leap in logic to see the wheels coming off of this one. You know, there's a potentially free injuries... If, if they pick them up in quick succession and, and the promotion push could well be over. But no, I, I, I would suggest when, you, when you're scoring six and five and stuff like that fairly often under the under the summer sun, I think the good feeling is definitely there, but there's mm. definitely that sort of lingering suspicion that, that there's, there's a reasonable chance this doesn't last forever. Yeah, I, I don't want it to be one of those seasons where 
I find myself thinking or saying, well, let's see how we are after Notts County and, and Bradford away. Or, well, let's see how we are by New Year. Or, well, let's see where we are. And instead of just enjoying it, that's what I'm really trying to do uh, with the football side of things because it's quite tedious, isn't it? Just being like, yeah, we've got three points. Let's see how we do in November. Uh, so, But I, I guess the, the squad depth, which is mentioned by everybody in this presser, along with the inevitable big injuries and suspensions are lingering. But right now, all is well, right? Yeah, come on, Rich. Just enjoy the football with your mates. Oh. Be positive. Don't think about the other stuff. It's not necessary. They're not mates. They're enthusiastic contributors. Please, if you don't <laughs> mind. <laughs> Dinner acquaintances. Thank Dinner. you very much. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, Put away the Mariner's pie and have uh, fish cakes. I don't mind that at all let's talk about grimsby town at home i did a podcast for grimsby fans uh for for grimsby equivalent i should say last weekend and joe they are angry they are not a happy bunch at the moment i i kind of waded in not waded in i was listening in uh before i was on and there was a lot of effing and jeffing and a lot of angst and a lot of chat about Paul Hurst, um, and I was kind of taken aback. I don't, I don't really know what's going on at Grimsby at the moment, but I can tell you the the basic stuff. They've started the season in a meh way. Nine games played, two games won, four drawn, and three losses. Two of those losses have come back-to-back in the last two games, so they've lost 3-0 away at Wrexham. And then they lost 3-2 in the very dying stages of the game against Crawley and a former player, Danilo Orsi, scoring the winner in the 96th minute. Yeah, that would probably be enough to make us angry too. Um, Last time round, of course, you all remember in January of this year, a 5-0 win with the return of Charlie Austin, who scored that first goal. 5-0 win, Joe. Can you remember the other four goal scorers? Um, Saidu Khan, Correct. Ronan Darcy, Correct. Johnny Williams, Correct. and oh, was it Shade or was it Hepburn Murphy? It was neither. It was neither, damn it. Mm. Uh, who was got the other one? It's Slovenia. Uh, oh, of course, yeah. yes. Yeah. I should have got that because I was looking at the photos for it earlier trying to find a picture of Abu Khan. <laughs> well, what's... what's... Most entertaining is you did it in you know in reverse. You, you went you went in exact reverse order, which I've got lots of time for. In front of those eleven thousand and fifty three. Well, that's a lie. Another lie because I wasn't there, and I think my my ticket is counted towards that because of flooding between Bristol Temple Meads and Bath Spa left me. In Bristol, um, ten man Grimsby, Mister Sending Off. I was at Danny Amos uh, just after half hour, and then the referee got knocked out too. I miss all the fun stuff. I say that knowing that the referee was perfectly okay. Nine of the sixteen Swindon players who featured that day no longer play for Swindon, whilst one is out of action for some time. Who we'll discuss a bit later. This completed a double for Swindon over Grimsby as we'd. Defeated them away from home in September of 2022. Luke Jeffcott and Ronan Darcy, I think, scoring their first goals for Swindon in a 2-1 win. So they are not confident at all, probably because if you look at, you know, 
facts on paper. They've just lost 3-2 to Crawley, a team that we beat 6-0, and that was cited a couple of times. Um, but we, you've got to be cautious with this sort of form, haven't you? I mean, I think Flynn is one of these managers that's always like, don't worry about the opposition, let's worry about ourselves. And I think that mantra is generally working, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... The results speak for themselves in that, in that kind of way, but it is, it is fairly calming that you. I, I think if we did go into a press conference and uh, Michael Flynn comes and said, "Oh, we've got to watch out for this player and this player and this player and this thing that they do," like confident are you? Because you seem you seem to be very worried about all the things that they can do. So I, I think it is probably probably a positive thing, but you know, it is. Um, I, I guess just in terms of learning a bit more about Grimsley, it was, wasn't necessarily the most helpful part of, of this press conference. No. What did Flynn say about Grimsby? Just the, the usual stuff, I imagine. Yeah, he was kind of asked by Andrew about their recent form and whether that kind of plays into his thinking. And he was... Uh, I, I think every manager says no. Um, but he, you know, he very, very much... Said, well, I, I kind of mostly think about our previous results and and how the performances match up. I think they're always, uh, they're, they're looking, management of your game planning, you're always looking at, at, um, at the working out, the workings out, not the end result kind of in, in what you're looking for, because uh, the results don't technically matter to, to the next game. So, you know, if he's looking at patterns, then I'm not sure that would, would necessarily impact them, but you would imagine a side that are low on confidence and a fan base that are, ready to turn then the the words start quickly might be written on a whiteboard or a powerpoint somewhere yeah oh they were frothing at the mouth it was tremendous entertainment but it's kind of like i'm kind of more interested in listening to you chaps than me say some generic stuff about swindon town please carry on um i think they play a 4-1-4-1 sort of formation which will be interesting. Jake Eastwood in goal. Otis Khan is a name I know. Abu Isa. I, I don't like this sort of opposition. I, I prefer it when we play people that are right up there or firmly down there in the doldrums. You know, a win for Grimsby will see quite the climb if results went their way. We are still at that stage of the season. Yeah, I, mean, I would actually kind of go a different way. I would, I would like to play teams who kind of have uh, varying form, you know, too many losses in a row, and I'm thinking, well, that's not going to continue. <laughs> and play, playing good teams, you're like, well, that's not going to go well for Isidore, as, as we'll find out in a few days' time. But you know, I, I think uh, no, Grimsy, they were kind of, I think they'll always be used for the, for this now, thanks to the way that actually went. But they were kind of the turkey of League Two coming into this season because I think most people were looking for a dark horse. Looked at uh, Paul Hurst had done very well here. Obviously, did a very good job at. Shrewsbury beforehand and they had that really good FA Cup run last season as well which maybe took away from what they were doing in the league so when you were looking for a side that could surprise a little bit the big budget to the top Grimsley were kind of the go-tos for that and I guess with with the way it's panned out you know they, they, they there was a reason that they were thought to be good so I felt like we we could potentially be catching someone uh swinging quite wildly looking to just land a blow on anyone yeah, they'll be fine, Grimsby, I think, um, over the 46 games, but maybe not up there, up there. But I, th- I think they'll be just fine. And I think 
that embedded fear of teams in this sort of form. I think it was the Andy King era. Just like, have you not scored in five games? Uh-huh. Come to Swindon and we'll give you two. You know, <laughs> we, we have felt like that sort of team historically. I'm not entirely certain that that's the case now. But yet again, another kiss of death. What is wrong with me? Uh, anything else on the Grimsby front? Because it wasn't a lot of detail yeah the answer to that is kind of no we were we don't care about Grimsby we were perfectly happy to talk about other teams but but Grimsby for whatever reason was was not a topic although we did listen to Paul the Grimsby in-house pre-match interview and they Paul Hurst didn't really speak about Swindon at all in an eight minute interview so I guess same things yeah, same as it sounds like. Yes. Um, what is the point of these press conferences? They don't talk. We just don't talk about the opposition anymore. Okay. Well, let's move on. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here, enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time, I got to serve the then Swindon manager Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody, summer is here and when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it, okay? So don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. And Khan gets it out to Hutton. He's well forward here, about uh, 25 yards out or so. Looks up, goes across in the box. Austin's there! Austin coming in and finishing with a header and sending Swindon in front after 25 minutes. Free agents then. Uh, a couple of players on trial, uh, a few rumours of as to who those are, but then they're, they're not big hitters. And, you know, those rumours of Connor Wickham being 90% done seem to uh, seem to gone really quiet. So it doesn't sound like we're going to get anybody in unless we absolutely need to, does it? Yeah. I mean, this is now the, the second week that we've known. They've had a couple of people training. Was there, obviously, there were a couple of different photos in it. Does kind of seem that we're we're shopping in the who does Tyree Shade know market of of um, free agency if if the rumours are to be believed if people have correctly matched up the photos but uh, they they had a couple in I, I think it sounded like maybe there was uh, a bit of a shit switch up from the ones who were in last week in terms of uh, who's training and they they would have played in that behind closed doors game and then um, they're, they're kind of still evaluating but. 
as, as you say, there's, I think if there was any real urgency to get anyone, then having them train for two weeks and still being in there, well, we'll see. And they're probably not um, in the higher end of players we were looking at. And if you do have to bring someone in because there's an injury that's going to be long-term or we just need to bolster or there's a three-match ban and what have you, just because they're not training at Swindon doesn't mean they're not training somewhere else. So it can't be as risky to just bring someone in as a free agent and and I don't think it's fair to assume they're not going to be close to oven ready uh, from the moment they sign. Yeah, you know, these people are most likely training in various places. I don't know if people listen to Andros Townsend on uh, the Monday Night Club this week, but uh, he's available. Not, not that we would be able to get it, but uh, he's training with Tottenham, for example. You know, a lot of these guys will, will know someone who will let them be training, keep a decent amount of fitness, and then you know, in these behind-closed-doors friendlies, that, that helps them get ready. So they're, they're never going to be fully ready to go, but they can be, you know, it's not like we'll be signing someone who's been sat on the sofa for several weeks. They, you know, These guys are footballers, and they will be keeping themselves in reasonable condition. Where did the Connor Wickham rumour come from? I've, I've not heard anything of it. I wouldn't be against it, don't get me wrong, but is that just uh, people looking at the fact that he was at Forest Green a year ago? Uh, I, I, I don't know where it's come from, but... Um, it's certainly got quiet, hasn't it? Yeah, it was just kind of one of those that never really seemed to come from anywhere specific. It was just there would be a certain day on Twitter, on Twitter Strug X, where people were saying, "Oh, Connor Wickham's going to sign for Swindon." You're like, source, but um, there was there was very rarely anywhere that it particularly stemmed from. As you say, he would be a decent signing, although I think if you're trying to combat any potential injury crisis with Connor Wickham, that may not be the most sensible of thinking given his personal track record in that area yeah oh well never mind we'll see what happens over the coming weeks usually i get giddy with excitement when we get to uh, mention the big names of football but it's not the first time that this gentleman has been mentioned on the low strangers because he was due to grace the county ground and then it didn't happen and morfuni and angus stood in front of the camera uh, giving a message to their pal Pep Guardiola. Also, topic of discussion in this presser and his influence. I would I would say less topic of discussion, more bulk of discussion. <laughs> it really went. It, I don't think um, Andrew could have foreseen anywhere close to the amount of detail we got on the, the influence of Guardiola coming down the sort of fo- footballing food chain. And then also a, a long t- discussion on the merits of elite academy football, which which is particularly interesting, and an anecdote about uh, a Chelsea third choice and twenty ones goalkeeper being on six grand a week in terms of wages, and then coming to play at Newport. So, yeah, it, it was very. I mean, it was quite interesting to 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 hear him, and because he's been around for this in, within the game for this kind of transition towards it. And I think if anyone can speak to that transition, it would be the man who was known for the kind of more industrial Newport side and then is now playing, you know, is now coaching the side with the second highest possession in the league. Uh, no one's ever going to catch what Newport are doing, bloody hell. But uh, not Newport, not County. Um, but yeah, yeah, just the way that um, was it Gosram are broth um, that Andrew was citing in terms of uh, this proliferation of. Guardiola and uh, Wego de Posicion, or just basically possession, but yeah, and it kind of, it really went on, just really impressive. Uh, if if it does stay in the BBC Watcher 
uh, into for tomorrow, definitely give it a listen because if if you want a sort of basically an audio book on on the development of English football in various different factors, then then you've got one for free. What was the gist of it though? I mean, there was bits that just like how Guardiola's style. Well, other coaches are are cited. I think Cruyff and Bielsa are mentioned in there, but it's just the ability that this style has filtered down the divisions as opposed to staying within the elite level. Yeah, great moment where he calls Bielsa Biesla, which, yeah. which I found amusing personally. <laughs> uh, but, but, I, but I guess I'm just looking for negatives again. Oh, don't but, do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but the, the general jest was that um, you know, it, the, the way that Barcelona played has kind of been proved as being, I, I forget the specific words you used, not, it wasn't necessarily backward, but you, know, you were you were being you would be caught out if you weren't playing that kind of football really that you know that um maybe the players didn't didn't exist for it before and then he he cites his his former Wigan side I was very excited to to have the idea that potentially he might have played alongside some some early heroes of mine like Franco de Santo but it was a slightly earlier Wigan side than I was thinking of um in terms of the way they were playing but you know and but coaches have, have clearly seen and it is really going down the levels. I don't know if anyone watches uh, any of the bunch of amateur stuff, but when they went to do um, Walton and Hersham, which is tier seven, they were very, very big on their Guardiola stuff, those two coaches. So that really, that really shows how far down it is going. Yes. Uh, talk to me about your love for Franco De Santo. I just really like the JJB, JJB Wigan side. Uh, JJ, the double JGB from the fact they were sponsored and had their kit made by JJB. But they're just, you know, the, the Hugo Rodiega, Amazaki, uh, Franco De Santo, that kind of Wigan side I was a huge fan of. Just, just just some incredible players who would be on match of the day once a season doing something ridiculous and then just doing very little else for the rest of time. And then I once played a career mode with uh, Raya Vercano and Franco De Santo started there and I was very excited. You always have the memories. You always have the memories. Let's go to the Joe Zone. Let's do it. Where are we going? <laughs> I'm just thinking because there's, there's one free Tuesday in October. I'm not for a moment suggesting you weaken your team against Grimsby because it's a very tough game. But with those big, big tests coming up, is there thoughts when you're in team selection rotating so you're strong through the next? like week or so, or was it just get through Grimsby and see where you are? No, I, for me, because of the, we haven't got the biggest squad. Yes, we might add one or two, you know, like I said, free agents along that line. If we don't, we don't. Um, but th- for me, they've got to earn their right to play in the team. I'm not changing up just because I think Grimsby are going to be weaker than Notts County, for example. I know where we're going with it, but um, yeah. That doesn't bother me. Grimsby are going to be a very, very tough team to beat. Um, and I want three points. I want three points as simple as that. So I'm going to pick our best team. Now, what I might have to look at is what we do with the following game. So on the Tuesday, see how players react to the game on Saturday, how they come out a bit and make sure they are, you know, ready to go for Tuesday and if I don't think they are or there's possibly a risk of injury for example that they might not have slept well they might have had a knock then that's when I've got to look at the bigger picture of right okay do we miss one game to give us benefits for the next five or six so that's the only time I look at it but it's not who we're playing it's not opposition dependent it'll be player dependent 
And another first team player, but Abikar knew announced yesterday that he's now out for the season. Obviously, had a good first team involvement at this point. Yeah, time. it's. I haven't spoken to him yet. Um, I had the message last night that it's confirmed he's done his cruciate um, ACL, his anterior cruciate ligament, uh, and I think he's meniscus. So I'm going to speak to him today. It's very, very bad news for Abu. Um, he's not at the best. Um, of life, you know, he's, he's had issues off the, off the pitch. He's a lovely kid, um, and he's somebody that is going to be really, really down. But you know, he he, he knows that we'll be here to, to support him and, and to give him the best treatment we can give him to try and get him back to to where he where he should be. And that's um, knocking on the door of coming up with us regular. It's um, it's very very. Hard for him at the moment, but look, it's it's one of them. We're, we're, we're there for him. Yeah. I'm going slightly off piece from Swindon, but a league two related still. I was listening to the not not the top twenty this week, and they point out a very interesting stat that at the moment it's three point six point zero six goals per game in league two. At the moment up point seven goals every match so far this season. I think there's only four goalkeepers that have overperforming their their xG in terms of goals printed. Unsurprising from Saturday, Stuart Moore is top of that list. Um, is there anything you've been seeing from watching other teams that would kind of diagnose why there have been so many goals or is it kind of just random chance? I think, look, just without coming into everything, I think the extended time, we're playing 100 minutes instead of 90 minutes, so for me that's the obvious and clear reason why there's more goals. You know, if you play, if you play, then, 90 minutes on a Saturday or 100 minutes on a Sunday, I bet it is more goals on a Sunday than a Saturday. It's common sense. So for me, we can bring out all the XG and all the science behind it. It's just plain common sense that you're playing longer, so there's more opportunities to score. Sure. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. So is Michael Flynn a proper football man and not a stats man? Because there are a couple of digs there. Yeah. Um... But it's, it, he kind of walks the line, I suppose, in terms of what he looks at. Although, you know, Scott Lindsay, was, who loved his stats, as we know for sure, was also a, an XG sceptic. So maybe there's something deeper lying there within the industry. People not necessarily trusting that particular stat, but it was it was interesting. He, he, I think when you look at him, you think proper football man. But but then sometimes when you're hearing him speak, you're thinking that's, a, that's an enlightened football chap. But it is kind of getting tough to tell. He's it's kind of... Um, again, niche reference. Uh, part of how many mother wear uh, the a, a piece of card is put in front of someone's face, and from the from the eyes, they're evil. But from their smile, they're very they're very charming. So, you know, it's it's it's, it's hard to tell which which one of those two he is at any given moment. He has a point with the the extension of time played in this game, but I, I haven't really thought Swindon have had that much time added on in either half, especially at home. There's been a couple, but we haven't had the 12 minutes or, or even 10 up. I think we've had six and seven, maybe eight, but it's not it's not been as prolific as maybe other games. Yeah, maybe it is happening more elsewhere that those those kind of things are coming up. We've, we've scored twice in stoppage time, I believe, once Shade and once... Blake Tracy. So it's it's not like there's, I mean, there are more goals going in, but I think one essentially one more goal a match wouldn't necessarily, you know, on average, necessarily could just be accounted for by 
having a bit more stoppage time, mm. I don't think. Yeah, agreed. Uh, he wasn't having anything on rotation, <laughs> was he? Uh, and he, he knew what you were getting at. Is that what you were getting at? Yeah. I, I mean, I I feel like he always thinks I'm getting at more than I'm actually getting at, personally. But I, I just, just, you know, do you, do you try and keep... The, I, I had to make very sure I was asking the, this question that I wasn't being in any way negative. Um, uh, just... I I really don't think I was getting at. Well, you've got Notts County coming. I'm thinking, you know, you're playing Bradford and Notts County. You've got quite a few games in quick succession. Are you kind of thinking horses for courses? Was was more the place I was coming from. Not necessarily just that we're we've got to beat Luke Williams on Tuesday. Mm, yeah, and finally, your question on Abu Kanu. Very interesting and a very interesting response uh, given. You know, he kind of goes into a little, not not little bit of detail, barely any detail, but enough for you to sort of um, get the get the message that you know Abu Kanu's had this terrible injury, ACL. He'll be out for the season. Not great when you're in your final year as a under eighteen, highly thought of, difficult upbringing. Not my words, um, but from a kind of a not cynical because that's not right, but from the, the club's point of view, you know that this Abu Kanu, who had already played for the first team in the league, you'd be you you'd know they'd want scouts looking at him and maybe a big payday. So from various angles, this is this is terrible news. Yeah, but you know you kind of got the suspicion that Abu Kanu could potentially be like a Marcus Eiffel type figure, or or even just kind of factor into the first team. Is it's an absolutely horrendous time for him to get this injury. You know, he scored the hat trick against Oxford earlier this season. He scored a brace in the game before that, so he was he's been red hot for the youth sides. He's been involved in the in the first team. He acquitted himself very well against the Arsenal under twenty one. So, you know, there were, there's ever a time in someone's career where you really don't want an ACL injury. It would be in your final year of under 18s football, right before the club kind of have to make a decision on you because you know you got to wait a year to see even what he's like again, you know, it's not a guarantee he'll come back and be the same player he was. Although I hope for his sake massively that he can do that because he is clearly a player with a fair amount of promise. Yeah, certainly is. So we wish him well. I wonder how many times this season as we move on that I'm going to call Jake Young, Jordan Young. Could be a good few. Pretty sure I've done it at least a couple of times. Yeah. Possibly not to his face, but I'm always (laughs) thinking Jordan Young. We're always thinking of Jordan Young. Good to see him playing for Yeovil these days. But Jake Young is our priority now. And what a great season he's having. And he was your guest player on the presser. Um, Like it's a TV show, which would be great. I'd watch it. What an enthusiastic young man. An infectious laugh to almost every answer. I was almost wanting to see if you were going to ask something serious just to see if he would laugh at the start of it. Yeah, it would, would have been good. But you, I think your mind worked a bit quicker than mine on that one. But yeah, <laughs> always good for a quip is old Jake Young. Oh, um, yes. He's got, got some good stuff lying in. We, don't worry, we will get into the chicken pasta again. Don't you worry. Don't you worry about that. I mean, in terms of the questions for Jake Young, not surprising really. He's one short of his tenth league goal of the season, which is which was enough to get him top scorer last year. Johnny Williams finished the season uh, on ten. Um, he he seemed quite desperate to get it. I think 
I think whenever I look at a, a centre forward's career or season, I think 10 should always be your bare minimum target as a centre forward. That's that's a uh, season, but anything lower is simply unacceptable if you're playing for the majority of the season. So I kind of got that impression that Jake Young isn't far off a similar opinion because he, he does seem very keen to get the 10th. Yeah, I, I think you're completely right on that assessment. If you're getting less than 10, then you've you got to be doing an awful lot of other jobs jobs for the team to, to really be making much of an impact. But yeah, it was. It, I mean, again, to the quips, he was said if he'd got five at this point, he'd been incredibly happy with himself. But I think when you make the start that he's got, you kind of want to keep that uh, that kind of momentum going. And if you can go get that 10, 10 goals, you know, you, you say if you can get it by the end of September, then you're already... You, know, you can pretty much already wrap yourself up a move for next summer if if you get ten very quickly because people are like okay he's yeah that that's a guy that's got it and you're in the consciousness and you know it doesn't doesn't necessarily matter where you end up and he's a player who probably will be looking for a move next summer with a year left on his contract at Bradford so you know, he, he would I you know you, you would do expect him to be desperate to tie and keep this form up for as long as he can. A hundred percent. I mean, he scored nine goals for Forest Green Rovers in the league over fifty-one games, so uh, that will also probably be on his mind. Bradford was one of the questions because, of course, he isn't going to be able to play in the Bradford game, but he was very quick to say he'll be there. Yeah, he, was, he definitely wants to watch the game. Maybe he just doesn't want to be home alone, possibly because he lives with a bunch of the guys who will be playing in that game, but. He was, he was very quick to say that he's, you know, he's, he, he knows he's going to have to work very hard to get back in afterwards because we've all seen what Russian Hepburn Murphy's done when he's been on the field so far this season. I think it's pretty obvious that he'll be the replacement in that position for that game. So, you know, Young, probably a bit disappointed he can't play against Bradford, but that was always going to be the case. And, uh, you know, he, he may well have a job on his hands after that game. Yeah, it could be a huge moment of the season if uh, Hepburn Murphy comes in, plays the full 90 and, and does a heck of a job. It's it's what Jake Young was aware of when he signed. And I think the reality is he probably thought he would be the impact sub uh, at the start of the season. So it's gone tremendously well for him. I'm not going to not gonna keep us waiting any longer. Shall we go to the Joe zone so we can talk about food? Yeah, well, you brought it up a couple of times now, sort of... Free flying past moves, the, the two goals against Morgan, there's another one for when Charlie nearly scores, there's a couple of others in that game. How much time on the training ground goes into producing such like, liquid football like that? <laughs> a lot, really. We, we do a lot of phases of play and patterns and movements and stuff like that, but replicating on the training pitch, you can't just step on onto a, onto a Saturday game and, and, and expect it to happen. I think that, that happens when you get the good partnerships like we've got and you click quite quite quickly. You can't just step on the pitch with anyone, do a little bit of that in training and then expect it to work on a Saturday. I think when you find a couple of people, two, three, four people that you, you play like that with, it is good and it's a, a, a nice feeling. Like I said, I know when Kemp is getting the ball, I know there's a, there's a good chance that... I'm going to have an opportunity here because he can create for me. So that is good. But yeah, we do a lot of work on it and, and where to go when, when certain players have the ball. And, and that's all Hats and the gaffer and, and all the staff really just looking at that and how we can hurt different teams. We'll look today at how we can hurt Grimsby in those different patterns. And hopefully tomorrow that can come out and come to fruition again with with, with everyone and, and the patterns will work and we'll make the chances. Does it feel particularly good when you kind of pull off those training ground routines? Especially, I think it's pretty documented that Flynn works you guys quite hard yeah yeah definitely it's um 
nice feeling. We played that good football. We played a, the goal against against Morecambe, the first one that was that nice football. And the build up to the penalty. It's looking back on on clips and the debrief on a Monday. It's it's good to see. It's not. It, it shows that the the hard work that we're doing day to day through the week pays off we do, we do it for a reason it's not just let's do this during the week and Saturday let's see what happens it's we do it for a reason and when it's coming off it, it gives everyone that motivation to, to keep doing it because it's, it's like I said it's working and then lastly the question that all the Wiltshire's on tend to extend to hear the answer to who is on cooking duty in the camp <laughs> got a little um, I, don't th- I don't think anyone said this but um, there's four of us now at the minute Dogs, George me and Kempe got a little come down with me so every Friday, one of us cooks, um, and we we rate each other. So we got a presentation, um, a taste, and then the performance of the Saturday. So rate each one out of ten, and at the end of each each circle round, uh, we've got a winner. Um, so I did mine last week. And did a nice little. I don't know, mate. Last week, um, I did the chicken fajita pasta, and we beat Warsaw 2-0 so we've been off to a good start this week um, this game week we call it so I think it's George George actually tonight is doing from what I hear he's doing a little lasagna so we'll see how that gets see what scores he gets <laughs> who's winning so far uh, we did so we've done one everyone's had one cook and it was Dokes won the first first round um, so yeah looking to get back and, and, and get a win for myself <laughs> excellent, excellent thank you guys so we're gonna we're gonna put aside the hard work. We know that Wayne Hatswell works them hard. We're gonna finish this episode with a little bit of "Come Dine with Me." I couldn't think of anything worse than playing this game as somebody who is a terrible cook. Supremely happy to hear that it was lasagna for tea on Friday night. I'll, if they're if they're blowing out of their backsides uh, in the eighty fifth minute tomorrow i'll be going that's the lasagna yeah dan kemp won't be pleased at all because he loves having dry food before a game no sauce for him as he's told us before um you know if, if there wasn't enough chat about uh various food habits in this episode we're back to it but yeah i mean it, it's it's good fun um but the real question is out of the four which person do you think has put a whisk in their mouth i'm gonna go with i think i think mckechran's mouth is his temple um, given by the supremely uh, bright teeth job, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be young. You think young? I think young. He's, he's he's always up for a laugh, so I can definitely see him. Him just being loud to look at this and just unhinges his jaw. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you've I think you've got it there. I, I think it's tough to see Kemp doing it as well. Kemp's come through the elite academies. He's got no time to do that. Godwin Malife. You don't get a voice like that by putting whisks in your mouth. With that mischievous laugh, you know Jake Young has done similar before. It, it's Jake Young. Yeah, I think it's, 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 a, it's a guarantee on that one. If they're, if they're also on to reenact the, the great moments of the show that they're doing such a, a, a touching tribute to now, every Friday night. I only know the chap that kicks the people out because he hasn't won. Um, which I think would be a tremendous... Who do you think would be most likely to call them sad little people and kick them out? I, I think G- George McEachran's just definitely saying they don't have any grace and decorum. <laughs> uh, yeah, you might be right. Uh, what's your meal if you're preparing a, if you're preparing a Come Dine With Me special? Uh, at the moment, I'd say my uh, cooking speciality is probably a, a vegetable curry of... Uh, that, that's kind of the, the my main uh, but 
arrow and the sheaf at the moment. So I'd, I'd probably go with that one. Very good. Very, very good. Yes. Brilliant. Well, let's finish with predictions. It was a stinker last week between you and JR, both incorrect, both predicting victories in different manners. Um, the bravado of yourself versus the caution of JR. I'm going 3-1 Swindon. As we know, I'm a cup side, so I've got absolutely no chance of getting this one right. I'm going to I'll go 2-1. I think the inevitable Grimsby reaction will be there, but Swindon's, Swindon's home form will take over and get the three points. We'll take it. We'll take it all day long. Okay, well, it's gonna. we're just about to enter the busy season, so I will talk to you on Monday, Joe. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo is created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.